Bootstrapping? Mental models? Welcome to the Reactor Podcast with your hosts, Justin Vincent and Mark Wilbur. <laughs> well, hello, Mark. How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. We we skipped last week, um, but no one would know that because um, of the, the, the weird uh, release schedule that we have. Well, I delayed that a week, too, just so people feel it. Oh, you want them to? Oh, got it, got it. <laughs> no, I, I, it was, it was a coincidence. I got, I got really busy oh, okay. with some stuff. Okay. So, uh, yeah, go over goals, I guess. Okay. Do you, what? Do you? Did you have a look at? Did you have a quick look at what the goals were? I did. I did. I, I listened to the last episode, or just the last minute or two. But okay. mine was really easy. Mine was just uh, do four videos, record four videos, mm-hmm. and it's been two weeks. But I have recorded four videos in the last. Well, actually, this week, counting starting oh, from cool. Sunday, because I've been uh, live streaming daily. Um, diet is not going super. I've been continuing it, but it just like stalled out, no progress. So maybe, maybe, you know, that's just water fluctuations or something. We'll see. Yeah. Um, been feeling pretty good though. And, uh, revenue was way down this month. So I was, uh, a bit of a cash crunch. Oh. MRR is up, but I just had a, you know, I had that huge month, uh, in August yeah, it was like almost four thousand, or I think it broke four thousand. And that was from a lot of annual signups. I had some last month. Yeah, this month I haven't. So it's like uh, you know probably going to be under one thousand for the whole month. Mm, interesting. But, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as like my actual output uh, met all the goals, and I think you had said, was it you were doing something with the orb? challenges but but then you later messaged me and said you changed plans so maybe uh just let let us know where you are on roblox yeah so um well <laughs> so i interestingly uh, made friends with um someone through the roblox uh, developer forum um who is what I would consider an industry veteran, even though only probably in his very early twenties um, at uh-huh. Roblox. Um, but um, yeah, he's, he's released. Um, I, th- I believe he's built a hundred games at this point. And um, oh, okay. Nice. Uh, within the last, uh, he's sort of really nailed it within the last um, few years. And he, he now has a game that's, that's pulling in. A, that's had over a hundred million plays. Um, pulls in over a hundred million active, sorry, um, a million active users a month. And what's really interesting about, oh, sorry, what are you going to say something? I was, I was going to say, it sounds like the uh, students on the right half of that famous pottery class that got graded by the, the weight of the, exactly. of all the pottery, exactly. pottery they made. So he just turned out lots and lots of games and got good. Well, so, so he turned out lots of games, got good, then did a two year 
game design masters um learning from i don't remember the name of the guy but he's one of the found one of the one of the people who originally created um the massively multiplayer game um oh. so so really from real industry you know insiders oh. and has written so has done two years of sort of hardcore thinking has done two internships at roblox um mm-hmm. so understands the internals of the company and just understands um all of the analytics like the you know the the numbers the monthly active users um how many users you get into your game the average amount of roblox you can earn per user different types of games different game theories and what sort of works on roblox and so wow. that's been a really good and and sort of eye opening uh he's like he's sort of like a a young you know me <laughs> in a way yeah. um he's he he's really understands that kind of area in the same way that i understand the indie founder stuff is he from the us yeah from the us yeah oh, okay interesting and so, so you know so so basically what he explained to me in a, in a very convincing way is that um is that the linear modality that i was creating uh running around the track um, getting keys. Oh, I should also mention that he's now on Team Slider. He's he's a consultant, like so. I am actually sort of paying him an hourly rate, and he's he's doing consulting with me. So that's that's another point to to note. Cool. Um, so the going round the tracks and collecting the keys and collecting mm-hmm. the orbs is basically a linear a linear path, and um, it's not going to do the it's not going to work. It's not going to do what we what I need, which is um, you know player retention. It's it's just going to get people in for a couple of hours and then they'll be done. So yes, it will launch haven't. with a big surge, um, which is which is sort of proven. And he's the great thing is he's sort of showing me different examples. He's like, here's an example where an industry outsider came in like you and polished the shit out of their game and released it. And here's what happened because they didn't do the right, you know, they didn't understand game design principles. Hmm. And yeah. I guess you haven't play tested for over a couple hours yet. Well, yeah, exactly. But also, um, you know, uh, something that really um, backs up what he's saying is is that rem- remember I had um, Planet Milo, that the kid, um, and about ten kids in there. So Planet yeah. Milo is a YouTube channel where they have like hundred thousand subscribers. And anyway, we had ten kids in there, and they all went crazy for it, and they did like slurp it up for a couple of hours, but then they didn't come back. So kind of along those mm-hmm. lines. So um, you know really what what the change is going to be is to make it open world and to make it rounds based so it's going to be like in 30 minutes the challenge is starting at this track sorry not 30 minutes 30 seconds <laughs> in 30 seconds say, like, <laughs> 30 minutes it's asking a lot if they're young <laughs> you know so in in 30 seconds you know do you want to do, do you want to join this challenge and so then they'll join the challenge and then the other thing is it's just, it's honestly it's it's really fascinating. I think I might bring him on texting because there's so many different interesting aspects yeah, to, you the, should. to the game the game thing. But um like also rather than making each track linear, make multiple ways around each track. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh yeah, I mean I mean I, I get what you're saying it was linear because before you were saying like you have to do, you know, this challenge that unlocks the second one, which unlocks yeah. the third. And I had thought that sounded kind of reasonable but like a bit rigid that there was only one possible order yeah um but it, but it's it also to me i mean what he's what you're saying now is also sounds a little extreme just that you can do anything anytime 
well you 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 can do anything anytime because because basically it's it, um i don't have the 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 player motivation map in front of me but he sort of went through the player motivation map that i think is um more interesting than octalysis actually it's what it's, model is it the if you look at the sort of successful games they're very community driven so there's a lot of community type of stuff um obviously the number one game being adopt me which is just about adopting pets and sort of mm. uh, showing off your pet so um there's different there's different aspects there's like completion there's challenge there's discovery there's creation there's building um so but having a completely open world is is probably okay as long as there's pockets of things to do in the in the world do you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so basically you can find a challenge you can do the challenges you can level up your xp um but also so that's sort of like open but then there'll be like a count a, a constant sort of rounds based thing which will do countdown. And to be honest, mainly what I know is the problem and what I've been working on is like taking out all that stuff, which is a whole other development issue. Oh, <laughs> a bit of a development nightmare. Um, and I don't really have full clarity on what the rest of it's going to be. I know that people like the tracks and I know that I have, for each one of the tracks, I have to make multiple paths around it. So like a quick way, but a harder way. You know, mm, okay. so like, so for example, you know, you start the challenge and then maybe you do like a giant jump and land on one of those countdown blocks that uh, like disappear, something yeah. like that. Well, so, so far, there's nothing you said that contradicts uh, the Octalysis framework or how that works. Oh, it it's sounds not like that. you're talking about a lot of the same, yeah, the same it, things, but it's, it isn't a contradiction. I don't know the model you're talking about, so it's hard to. I wouldn't say it's a contradiction. I would say it's a simplification. So oh, basically, okay, it's okay. it's just simpler. It's just easier to look at and understand. Okay. It's really just three areas. Um, that makes sense because because yeah. Octalysis is is kind of meant to be super general, and the creator of yeah. that actually uses it to analyze like uh, a whole bunch of other frameworks that others have come up with. Um, so the I, so are you going what you're saying? One, one other thought, yeah. So on on the um, multiple linear paths you can pick and do them in different orders. One game that I, I have fond memories of that I used to play a lot was called Mega Man. And it had, uh, basically it had six enemies and mm. they're all kind of difficult to get to. This is like an older game back when Nintendo was, was uh, not at all worried about people quitting because things were too hard. Um, and you know, when games were expensive, you didn't have many kids didn't quit when they were hard. Yeah. But, uh, but the thing that was really interesting about it was each of the enemies you beat. It's like, you have to go through a whole bunch of levels and you beat like electric man, and then you get this electric weapon. And then if you defeat ice man, you get this ice weapon that can freeze yeah. things. And, yeah. and each individual one that you beat gives you a different skill which makes it easier to beat any of the others. So there's certain orders that are easier to go through than others. And there's certain that are other orders that are very difficult, but depending on how you, how you do it, you, it, you can sometimes feel like, wow, I have this totally unfair advantage to get through this level that otherwise would have been hard because I did mm -hmm. this other thing first. Oh, that's, that's very cool. That's something that a lot of 
my friends and I used to talk about when we were like 10 or however old we were uh, <laughs> of like, oh, well, you got to do this one first. No, I bet you can't do, you know, can't do this one first. And um, it, it yeah, added a lot of replay value. And that's a nice idea. And um, another, so I could put that at the end of each of like the major tracks, you sort of win an ability. You get some, yeah, something that makes it so they're, more experiences you can have going through the same material. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing that I learned is that you don't, that you make money just from people playing it. You do? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, because they have, because Roblox have a subscription. Oh, the, the pro players, the premium players. Yeah. The premium you players. Do, it's yeah. divided by all the time they spend. I looked at the, the dev portal briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do make some money and it, it could be, you know, I don't know, like three Robux per per player or something like that. Um, but that can translate into some some interesting money if you get enough players as well. So if if you do have this guy on texting, would it be with both you and Jason interviewing him or just you? Just me, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Don't want to so, have one of those uh, storyteller versus time cop episodes. <laughs> That's right. So so the the other thing is analytics so just the uh -huh. same as just the same as in our world he's he's like look really we just need to get it out as, as soon as possible doesn't doesn't really matter what we you know we can try and build some stuff into it but we just got to get it out there as soon as possible because i've got some key questions i want to know why players quit and i want to know which track players prefer i am I so happy to hear that part because yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the biggest thing i was worried about was that you know it was delayed before and now you're like yeah. well uh, it looks like I've got to redo all this stuff. So it's not going to be out at the end of the month. And I was, I was thinking like, Oh no. Cause like the longer it goes on, the higher your goals for it'll be. And that just like this reinforcing yeah. cycle. Um, yeah. and, and you know what they would really do in the games industry in general. Tell me you'd have to tell that 23 year old guy that's building stuff out for you. It's like, sorry, like you just can't stop before midnight ever. <laughs> you just sleep by the computer and work yeah. on this all the time. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I have to, I've put a pause on him, um, on the guy doing the building. So, because that's obviously, you know, costing cash and I, I need to stop that. So, so I'm just going to, though. Yeah, no, I know. I know I mean, my time both is, are. But yeah. 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 No, it's, it's interesting. It's like, it, it probably wasn't the best decision to build a Roblox game, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think I think it was a good idea to build one, but I but I would I feel way more confident if you just put out yeah. like ten junky games like this guy did. Yeah, yeah. First, that would but, that's uh, yeah. I sort of made my I made the I made the mistake that I teach not to make. Speaking of gaming, though, um, I so I've been I've been following another YouTuber recently called The Cherno. And he's like a 23 or 24 year old Australian guy um, must've graduated from, from school early. Cause uh, he, he talked about that in some of his videos about how he, he basically made a Minecraft uh, like a, a minimal Minecraft game as a college project when like everyone else was making Tetris and he got hired by EA and worked there for a few years. And I went back to Australia and he's, he's uh working on uh, an open source uh, graphics engine. So 
um, all this stuff is C++, but the, which is, I think it's how I found them. Cause I had, I was having some annoying issues uh, trying to get everything set up on my Mac with VS code. Um, but, but it's really interesting watching the way he does his streams because he's, uh, he's been on, uh, uh, he's been on YouTube for years, like since he was a teenager, but he's, more recently he's been going on Twitch a lot. He'll do like a three hour live stream and like a lot of Twitch live streams, you know, he'll, he'll have Q and A's, he'll have some music on, just be coding some stuff and talking to people. And then periodically he'll close the chat, turn off the music, just take a deep breath and then, and then start talking as if he's recording a YouTube video. And he is, he's, he just, does uh, like a more polished sounding video often with a screencast where he's like showing how to uh, he was teaching OpenGL or he's, he's teaching how his graphics engine works or how to build a graphics engine um, for like 15 minutes. And then, you know, he'll, he'll uh, take another deep breath and just be like, oh, okay. And then go to the chat and just ask people if they have questions and uh, you knock your microphone, you're super quiet again. And, um, then once it's done, he's, you know, once he's done like his three hour Twitch stream, yeah. he's sometimes got like three or four YouTube videos That's created crazy. out of it in the process. Oh, and I, uh, I just saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I sometimes spend three or four hours just making a single screencast. Like how, how is this possible? And obviously like he's not editing as much. And quality is a concern. His his videos were when he first started doing that were not very good. I mean, I mean they weren't horrible, but they just you know weren't weren't that polished. It was lower quality than his his previous videos where he was he was doing them off stream. But I think just the act of doing that regularly, he got just more fluid and he got better uh, at screencasting while um, while being taped in one shot. And, uh, you know, the, the newer videos, I think it, it's totally serviceable. Like it's, it's quality. I would be happy publishing. So I started stream streaming on Twitch every morning. Okay. That's and, awesome. uh, that's, that's how I have made four screencasts this week already. Um, and in my case, there were a couple of them where I had to just bail partway through and be like, all right, going to start over, like get reset dash dash hard head, <laughs> start over from scratch and redo this thing. But uh, it's been, you know, reasonably quick and uh, Twitch studio has a thing that's or actually not just Twitch studio, like the Twitch website has a thing built into it where you can just clip whichever part of uh, uh, a video you want. And you can actually clip it multiple times and, and cut out chunks. Um, it's not the most accurate. It's only like down to one second accuracy. So if you do a screencast in one take, or maybe you have one or two mess ups in it, it's totally fine. And it's mm. way faster than the way I've been editing them on my Mac because I have a horrible graphics card and it takes me forever to, uh, to actually uh, create the video after I've done the editing. I, I really like that. I think that's fantastic. Um, it reminds me of the production cycle of the No Agenda podcast. Basically, mm. they do they have zero editing. 
And um, they've got it to the point where within 30 minutes, the entire show is released, like the full cut with all the show notes, everything. And so I, th- I think that's a really good idea where it just takes as the absolute minimal amount of time possible yeah. to create it, the content. I think that's a really powerful and good idea. It depends. I mean, the cost of doing that depends on how skilled you are at it. Yeah. If you're making well, you lots just get of mistakes. Better. Force yourself. Yeah. Force yourself. Yeah. It, it does. It does kind of put some pressure on. Um, the other it's also thing- good to do it on a stream because it's better because when you've got people watching you, 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 you are better, generally speaking, I find, I, you know, it, it just puts I you more have, in your game. I, it does. It does that for sure. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with the plan from last time of uh, like really pushing on growing Alchemist camp for the next, basically until getting close to Black Friday and then switch to like full on on Phoenix Igniter. Mm-hmm. But I think like, I'll see how this goes. It's only been uh, four days that I've streamed so far in a row. But if this goes well, I think even once I switch focus to Phoenix Igniter, I'll just build that in Twitch streams. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be giving that video to everyone, but I'll still be building in public, still maybe grow my, my Twitch following, which is, is very small. I have like 26, I think. I think that's a great, Twitch. great plan. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Um, uh, so I did a podcast with Rob Walling yesterday. Oh, you did for his? Yeah. Yeah. For oh, his, nice. for start us, start us for the rest of us um, to, to promote the boot camp. And uh, yeah, it was, oh, it was nice. a good, good podcast. It was super nice of him to have me on. And um, yeah, so we, we, we spoke through the back history of, of Plugio and all the stuff that I'd done. And, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> How long was the podcast? No, no, he, he's got it down. Like he's, it okay. doesn't go over 30 minutes. It's going to be the same, same as normal. He sort of compresses it. He has an outline. He knows exactly what, you know, what questions he's going to ask, where he's going to go. And uh, I think it's going to be good. And um, I believe, uh, you know, I think that it, they have, you know, in the tens of thousands of listeners, um, you know, or possibly more on, on Is this show. the first time you've been on there? Uh, yeah, I think I have done some stuff here before, but it wasn't the, the main podcast. I, I think you were on his blog for something before talking about Plugio, but uh, at least yeah, you guest posted somewhere. Yeah, Micropreneur Academy. I know I did a I did a call with that's him. That's what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, because yeah. because he went on your podcast a ton of times. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to all of his podcasts, but I don't yeah. think I've ever heard you or Jason on there. Mm, yeah. So so that's cool, you know. And um, the funnel is just completely broken. Like people are for really nu- for, for Nugget. People are getting value. Like it's it's the the boot camp is very good. People are really getting value. But nice. there is there is no one upgrading to um to the to the startup academy because I'm just being too uh, nabby pamby about it. I'm I'm not even they don't even know the startup academy exists until they get to the very last page. What's so, nabby pamby? Nabby pamby is just like just too uh like gingerly like like a like a cat walking like you know like just afraid like, to make a sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. It's something that I'm definitely going to have to revisit. I'm waiting for Mateo to to knock it out the park, but the problem is, is that his app, Hey Hi, which created a lot of buzz. If you think of a like a, I I, I liken it to like a chair with three legs. You need to make it needs to work for him as a founder. 
It needs to work for the people he's selling to, which are SaaS businesses. But it also it also needs to work for the people coming to the website. They need to sure, use it. Yeah, yeah. And so the the premise of that of that product is talk to anyone, you know, talk to anyone, you know, talk to anyone via video, like instantly talk to them. Hey, hi. Like it's like a little video thing inside your website. Well, the problem is, is that people don't want to get on screen. People don't want, like just general website visitors don't want to use video system to talk to you. <laughs> I, I sent a comment to him on any hackers actually. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cause, Cause he posted there. Yeah. And I said basically that like, well, I, I, I said like, you know, is a, is a website visitor. It's great if you can like get someone there right away. And I don't think anyone will complain about that or even if you see their video, but I might not want to show my video as a visitor. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe I'm just in my underwear and I'm just, just like at the, you know, at the computer doing some, some stuff before I take a shower in the morning or, you know, it could be all kinds of reasons. It might, maybe your apartment's a mess or you don't have a webcam or whatever. So, um, yeah, well, I would just make it one, one way automatic, but, but, uh, let them decide to show theirs or not. Well, so, it's given him some pause about the product. He still so, it, but it's super interesting that that the product is really nice for website owners. They get excited about mm-hmm. it, right? So there's a lot of buzz. It's been easy for him to sell it. Yeah, but the problem, but at least just goes, just goes to show you how how complicated this thing, all this stuff is, because he can sell it, but then is it going to is he going to have retention? Because basically, no visitors are going to use it that's mm-hmm. that's the problem so um he's sort of moved he, he's still testing that out and still sort of moving forward but he's quickly created a couple of other things using the same technology which is just testing um and another one and so he's got that site heyhi.io which mm-hmm. anyone can check out right now unless it's offline it might be dead by now i'm not sure but oh no uh, he's got um he's got another show notes uh, no, that's okay. But yeah, hey, yeah. hi, Todd, that's fine. So then another one that he's so he's, he's done two more iterations, just testing two new landing pages, basically. Although they work because <laughs> he because he uses no code, he's actually pretty. He's I think something he should consider is writing about no code because he's really good at it. He's created a second site called replayhero.ie, which mm-hmm. basically is a way to um, let's say I let's say you alchemist camp let's say you someone told you about a bug and it was really hard for you to understand what they were doing because they weren't being clear you could just say hey just go to replay here and click record and then it enables them to record a a screen recording of them using your site and so they'll instantly will get that that screen recording so it's just because you know i mean i don't know whether you've experienced something like that yeah exactly yeah exactly so because with you know for example with plugio I was looking through my emails. I had 6,000 bug requests, you know, like support requests. Feature in, enough. Oh, geez. Yeah. How many customers? Requests. Well, I had like 25,000 users. Okay, in the okay. Yeah. So, so um, that's a lot. And a lot, of, a lot of the time is backwards and forwards. Like, what do you mean? Did you mean this? Did you mean that? Oh, jump on the phone. It was, so it would have actually been super helpful to just have something where people could just record what they were seeing and then just send it to me. You know what I used to have on my on my language learning app, like the the failed startup from three years ago. Yeah, I had a thing in it where they they could uh, open up a help window, and then yeah. hit a button. Like they could type in a message and hit a button. Yeah, and that would send the entire 
con, which is like a, it's a concept in, in uh, um, Phoenix and plug, but basically the entire connection struct. So it would, it would include like what page they came from. It would include ev- like all the information that's, that's going cool. to the server that generates a page. Uh, so I, I have like the full state of what's going on in their bug report. That's cool. um, yeah. Like that, uh, that one thing saved me so many headaches because so many of the customers for that, like didn't really speak English that well. They were like yeah. Vietnamese people that were using wow. it to learn English. Yeah, I believe it. That that's cool. Um, yeah, so um, I, I I'm a big fan of yeah screen recordings, um, like uh, uh, Sentry IO stuff that gives you like uh, JavaScript so, bugs. Or- yeah, so so basically he's val- he's just validating both of those things, talking to customers, finding out which one works better. But a third thing that he did just for fun, which might kind of be something, mm-hmm. is um, if you just type in pitch pitchwall.io. Pitchwall.io. And again, came from this sort of combination of the two technologies previously. And it's it's sort of like product hunt, but for founder pitches. And a founder just goes there and does a 30-second pitch for their website and just posts. It's like a little round video of them pitching their website. Okay. What's... Uh, so are there investors on the other side of it or is it just you're your, your putting it up there? Just putting it out there, yeah. But so it's sort of like, if, I mean, these kind of sites have proven to be successful. So if you look at BetaList, for example, and wh- when I say these kind of sites, I mean sites where where people are talking about their early release product or their new product and mm-hmm. um, it's just people sort of pitching it, but it, not through video. That hasn't been done before. Um so I thought it was an interesting concept, and um, you know, he's just he's just doing that thing where he's sort of looking at th- three different quadrants of a map and just seeing, okay, is there oil, you know, just two feet yeah, under yeah. the surface? So like, I have this quadrant. thing that makes video. If I use yeah. it for this, yeah. Okay. How about if I use it for this? <laughs> yeah. I use it for this. So it's the it's the going back to the pottery analogy. Like he's basically just doing a lot of pottery right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had a couple thoughts about him specifically, and then one um, one article related to no code that I, I thought might be interesting to talk about. Yeah, go so um, the stuff I noticed with Mateo is like one seems like he is super well suited for product hunt. Like he's putting stuff out that you yeah. know that looks like you know looks it looks like something people are going to be willing to vote up. It's like the design is is pretty pretty standard and 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 nothing wrong with it and he's putting things out quickly and i i think putting things out quickly helps a lot too because he'll get he'll get people following him from one product and then some of them will vote on the next product too yeah so i i yeah i definitely see some promise in that and the whole like i've got a tool i'm gonna try doing stuff with it i think is actually good I think most like lean startupy people will say, no, don't do that. That's horrible. Everything has to start from, you know, a complaint you heard from a customer. But um, this is this is something that's been done successfully by computer scientists, by researchers, by entrepreneurs when there's like a new paradigm. Once you have a new ability, you might as well just see what you know, what 
what problems yield to your new your new tool. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And I mean, test basically, test stuff, and get yeah. and and get the analytics back. Um, so you know, he's just he's 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 going to get there. He's yeah. He's he's got the right temperament. It's just which one is going to hit and which one is going to sort of you get I, some momentum. I, I want to move a bit in that direction too, because because I think you know I've I've got one stable thing that's like kind of hard to grow and I'm stuck in a little bit of a rut, um, and it's okay. But if I you know switch from exploiting that to also exploring more on the side, I think it's going to be better. If I was starting out today, one thing I would do is build an automated and like something like an is it keto automated system you know i th- i think that would be because the thing is you can just sort of keep building something like that that's that is that you can time slice it you so and you know what i'm talking about right is I it don't keto? quite like what do you well i know is it keto but what do you mean like an is it keto automated like system basically something that that creates value for people that you don't have to interface with customers that you can create um you can create like a very through dynamic programming. You can create a lot of pages that all get slurped up by Google, and a lot of people land on your site and get that value. You know, yes. so just a completely automated income. My stream. most successful indie hacker friend yeah, when I, I met in Beijing, yeah. 2010, yeah. like he got his millions of monthly uniques from generating who knows how many pages based on uh, U.S. nutritional database information. I think and it's it worked. I think it's a really good strategy as a as like a as a backup, even just as a backup strategy. If you just did it as like a t- in a time slice of your of your life, if you put a couple of hours a week into it, yeah, I think it's yeah, a th- good. I think that's you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, that that is one thing that I think any developer could do. Yeah, because I'm I'm definitely on the content treadmill right now, and while I am on it, I'm gonna like push pretty hard and try to grow an audience. But I think I should be putting more time into stuff that's, uh, that's lower upkeep. So anyway, want to hear about that no code article? Yes, please. And let me tell me, share my screen and hopefully I won't have to cut anything out of the audio. Your, um, your bandwidth has got much better now. It was terrible before. Yeah. Uh, it, it varies. I, I think it, it depends on if my Mac is trying to download Xcode or anything else going oh, on. Oh, okay. All right. Um, how good is he? No, that's not the one. So there was this one on Hacker News. Yeah. When is no code useful? And it was talking about uh, like, what is it presented as? What is it good at? What does it struggle with? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's being built too much with uh, abstractions or uh, long-term maintainability or like version control or that kind of thing built into it. But it's super good for something ephemeral, you know, something that you just need to build quickly for a little bit or something that's churning all the time. Like, especially something that, that like a marketing website, you know, marketing manager wants to keep messing with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and goes on a bit about you know pluses and minuses people were talking about it a lot on on hacker news and i have the wrong article up um it, it's interesting though because it seems like 
there's a huge disconnect in how much, uh, in how much people are just cheerleading it or saying like, well, this isn't anything new at all. Cause in thread I'm seeing, you know, mention after mention after mention of Excel, which I had thought of previously and, um, stuff like WordPress was kind of no code before. Yeah. So I, I, I don't remember if we've said this before, but I'm, I'm still generally of the opinion that it's mostly a marketing phrase and it's just, it's just kind of a way to gather all the people working on stuff together. And also it's a, it's a bad marketing phrase because it's not no code. Well, it yeah. will kind of turn you into a coder, I think, because Basically. like if you're using Airtable or, if you, or even if you're just like using Excel and you're, you're getting good at it and making complicated formulas and pivot tables. Yeah. And then it's like after a while, it's like you see SQL and it's like, oh, yeah, I, I know all of this already somehow. There's, well, so. I'm telling you, like the stuff that Matteo is doing, there's no way that it's no code. I mean, he's, he's basically hacking shit together inside a a no code environment. So what you could call yeah. it is some code or low code. You know, I think low code is a term I've seen. Or I've seen that. I, or yeah. I just call it other people's code. Because <laughs> it, it's like, code. yeah, because it's like uh, it, serverless architectures. Like there's still a server. It's just you don't own it. And your server is kind of like distributed amongst all these third party services. And that's basically what you're, <clears throat> what you're doing with the, uh, a no code thing if you know like you don't have your own database but you've you've kind of like built your schema on Airtable or on you know some other service it isn't very fascinating to me because because i can do stuff quickly with regular code what's fascinating to me is how much of a just how much of a trend it's become and like how many people on indie hackers i think that that was like one of the main places that started it uh, are just hyping it and it's it's uh it's Something... it's going to be interesting to watch i i don't think it's going to eliminate programming i think it's actually okay. going to make more programmers yeah 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 i agree with that but that, i also true. don't think it's like you should avoid any of it either to me it just seems like a spectrum um while i've got this open here are some stats from my youtube channel and this is delayed two days okay. so Usually it's been hovering around like maybe 150, 200 uh, views per day. And the last two days it's been 375. So it's basically doubled over normal just from daily posting something for the last four days. So, I mean, it's just, it makes sense. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a surface area of opportunity basically. You know. We'll see what happens. Like if I'm, if I do it too much, I'm sure I'll lose some subscribers. But so far, it seems really encouraging, and uh, I want to share again next week. Yeah, um, I wanted to bring up something. I saw. Have you been following the 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 full self driving rollout for Tesla? No, I, I was looking at the Starlink terms of service though. Well, let's talk about the full self-driving rollout. Yeah, let's do interesting. it. Because I've been looking at, I've been watching YouTubers um, who have been recording their first experiences with full self-driving and basically just driving through regular streets, um, taking like, you know, a half hour trips. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, these, these people 
are just there talking about it and the car's doing stuff. And I'm thinking, holy shit, that like, why aren't you terrified right now? You know, I mean, the car is like making all the decisions. It's crazy. How it's crazy. How, how fully automated do you think it is? Oh, it's it's full self driving. So there's like no need for human intervention at all. Well, there is when it does something crazy, but that's okay. that 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 ha- amazingly it. I just can't believe how well it works. It's quite so, astonishing how well it works. So people aren't like taking naps in it yet. No, everyone's being very attentive and keeping their hands on the wheel okay, to okay. to stop it because there's been a couple of times when it's driven to the other side of the road, but. Um, just to, but pretty much barely any times that it's done something like that. That's like, kind of the most dangerous zone, I think. Cause like if, if it's like 95% safe, I'll be like white knuckled at the wheel. But if it's like 99.9%, then you might relax a well, little bit. And that's, I, d- I don't want to be uh, disingenuous because it didn't drive. It, it never did something where it was going to like drive into oncoming traffic. It just did something where you know maybe it was a little too close um, mm-hmm. to the to the side of the road, like from a calibration point of view. Um, so there was never I didn't see any truly dangerous moments. But but what I did see, I mean, I've I guess I've watched about three hours of this stuff <laughs> of just of just um, Tesla self self driving mm-hmm. uh, through different streets with markings with no markings through um i mean through like five lane roads going to an intersection that has like four different four different choices and sort of turning around and it's doing it Hmm. it's just like it okay here's an example guy goes up to a, a a a wide intersection the car then the car pulls from the uh from the out lane indicates to the middle lane then indicates to the left lane, goes into the left lane, and then sort of when when the the light turns green, pulls out a little bit, has kind of like like it's having a little look, and then just does the turn, just like a human. <laughs> and I, I guess because it must be that the machine learning data, it's just it is literally doing what humans do. Yeah, I mean, there's been self driving for a long time. Like the, the, we've been getting data for at least five or six years. But uh, yeah, it's just like gradually expanding into a, a larger and larger scope of competence. The other thing that's interesting is how well it maps the world just with cameras. So I, I guess in this beta version of the software, they show what the computer sees with bright green and red lines. Yeah, and it it's crazy. It just it sees so much. It understands so much. Very, that very- one I've seen. So a lot of. Um, a lot of the podcasts on that that one show that I like, the um, artificial intelligence podcast with Lex Friedman, mm. um, and he's had the Elon Musk on the podcast like two or three times, I think. Yeah. But but he's uh, doing a, a self driving car related startup, and several of the people he's had on the show have been as well. Like one of the most controversial things with Tesla is just that they are doing uh, just cameras yeah. instead of lidar. And it's, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of curious, like how long that'll last. I, I, I feel like they may also be using, uh, using uh, LIDAR before long. Oh, you think so? 
I think so. Like, I, I think, I don't think they're going to stick with just cameras forever, but could be wrong. I, I don't know too much about this. Well, they might find a, I mean, if that's true, then I guess that Elon will find a very cheap way of doing something other than cameras. Yeah. I, I new, think new part of why he's like talking up the cameras so much is because that's what they're doing. But, uh, mm. um, in, uh, vaguely related news starlink the uh, <laughs> space internet service mm. has uh, an interesting clause in its terms of service um, and that says that basically if you agree to it it says uh, no earth-based government has authority or sovereignty over martian activities so in uh, anything Anything related to services provided to, on, or in orbit around the planet Earth or the moon, these terms, any disputes between us arising out of related, of or related to these terms, including disputes regarding arbitrability, will be governed by and construed in accordance with the laws of the state of California in the United States. For services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via Starship or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet and that no earth-based government has authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. So like that's, <laughs> I, I, I can see why like someone might want that precedent, but uh, that's an interesting thing to be putting into the terms of service of anyone uh, using their internet service now. It's hard to, I don't, I don't really have a comeback for that. That's just like, um, what, why would why do you think that's in there? Uh, probably for long term leverage. That would, that would be my guess. But I don't know how much Against that two. grants. Face uh, anyone wanting to sue them under under a jurisdiction they don't want for anything that happens on Mars. But it's. Well, what does that have to do with Star? I don't. What does it have to do with Starlink? I'm. I'm not. Well, so Starlink apparently is going to provide service uh, off of the Earth as well, like provide internet service to things on the moon and to things on Mars and things in transit. But, I mean, how... Okay, it's going to be a strange kind of internet service to Mars where every packet takes, <laughs> you know, like a, like a day to get there or whatever. Oh, well, if it's service to there, but if it's just service there... You know, people on Mars communicating with other people on Mars, then it'd be really fast. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I like this is this is a little bit out there, and it's interesting to me. Uh, also, because governments aren't um, they're not bound by contracts they sign. You know, like how did it come to your attention? This Twitter. I I just wonder is it like in there? What it seems to me like is a publicity stunt, sort of Maybe. like. Sort of like this, you know, sending the send, sending Starman, you know, the car into space. It's just sort of yeah. I that just, was well timed. Yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of a more jokey, but I don't know if it's you know maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because there there are a lot of other things where people historically have been like, well, you know, no, who like who cares about the North pole anyway, or the, the Arctic anyway. And now they're yeah. like mining disputes between every country, like what that's far North. Huh? That's, so that's I, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it won't work with governments. Cause you know, like if, um, 
like if uh, you sign up for the army, or I guess you're not American, but like if I had signed up for the army when I was 20 or whatever and uh, signed the contracts, like I would be bound by everything, but actually the government is not bound by anything in the contract that you sign. That's, like they're, yeah. they're not bound by contracts with individuals. So <laughs> um, like this terms of service would have zero impact on, you know, nation states that would, that, that might be trying to enforce things. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Just uh, a yeah. weird thing I, I saw on Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's cool. What does Twitter show you? Uh, I've, I haven't seen anything super cool lately. I mean, there's lots of um, election stuff going on right now. <clears throat> I've actually got almost none of that. I've got lots of programming. I mean, because my whole Twitter account is for Elixir programming. I and think I, that... I get like JavaScript stuff sometimes. But what I do keep seeing on Twitter, I think that somehow Twitter thinks that I want to see articles that say polling is wrong and that Trump is going to win. Um, because that's what keeps coming up in my feed. And it's really annoying because I do not want to see that. <laughs> Could that be location-based? Because you said like you're in a small mountain town in California. Yes, that's true. It's very, yeah, I am in. I'm in and I'm in, I'm in Taiwan. So Republican. it might figure that I'm not that into the U.S. politics stuff. But it's weird that it's, it's sending me that in, in particular because it's like, I, I mean, I don't know what. Yeah. Anyway, it's very strange. Uh, well, I, I mean, on my on my Android phone, I get all kinds of ads for uh, green card applications, and I don't need one. Sometimes I, I see stuff in Georgie's feed, uh, or and in my feed, and I'm just like, how did they discern that we are interested in that? Like, where do they get that yeah. information from? Yeah. It's like, I I think they must be actually listening via the smart devices or something, because it's only oh. by so it's by spoken word that we've we've ever mentioned anything like that. So you mean really well targeted? Yeah, really well targeted. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but you could easily uh, you could easily have made a lot of searches or uh, you know typed in a lot of things before that don't reveal the exact thing you were saying, but they're highly correlated with someone who's about to say those things. Mm, okay. Kind of like the yeah. uh, the whole like target sending. Uh, um, diaper advertisements to the pregnant teenager before her dad knew she was pregnant. <laughs> like that was, I don't know if you heard that story. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't like a, she didn't tell them she was pregnant. It's just based on other stuff she was buying and maybe stocking up on certain things or buying different things. And she, she had been previously uh, some machining machine learning algorithm at target realized like, Oh, okay. We should send her ads for these things. And you know, that'll increase our expected earnings from this customer by a few cents. <laughs> and like all these ads came and then her, her parents were like, what, like what, what's going on here? And then um, it turned out like target found out or targets uh, um, revenue optimizing algorithm found out before the parents. So did, did they sue? Or like, how did this come to it light? Was, it was, um, it was a big story. Like, I, I, I don't remember how it got into the news, but I, I think the father was really upset at Target at first and then uh, like found out like what was going on. Hmm. I, I don't know, but it, it was just one of those, one of those crazy things. Yeah, it's crazy. So that could be, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for, for privacy in general, but the, uh, 
the algorithms I do, like the recommendation algorithms I do engage with a lot, I wish they were a little bit smarter about me. Like YouTube maddens me. Like if I, if I watch like one or two interviews that an author has given, you know, based on the last couple books they've written, YouTube would be like, oh, this guy wants to see 15 more interviews. They're almost identical. The same author gave at different bookstores about <laughs> the same book. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, it's you, oh, um, in, in, a, in a bout of retail therapy, I have purchased a robotic vacuum cleaner. Oh, is this... And done like some the, pretty uh, deep research to make sure that Roomba or just the right one. A newer one. Uh, basically, a Chinese... Uh, so, again, just like looking at all the, the full self-driving videos, I, I don't know why I go on these tangents, but anyway, I have been doing a lot, watching a lot of <laughs> videos about people testing out different robotic vacuum cleaners. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. kind of blushing right now because this is just another silly, silly me thing. Um, but there's a great channel called Vacuum Wars, and there's another okay. one. <laughs> there's another one called, I think it's Robot Masters, um, and basically they just they just pitch and compare all the different vacuums. And there's a specific set of needs that I have in this house because we have wood floors and carpets, and it has to sort of climb up over those things and do those carpets. So anyway, there's a Chinese manufacturer called uh, Roborock that is mm -hmm. basically, as far as I can tell pretty far ahead of Roomba um, and also lower price. So they're, they're producing stuff that's um, what would cost sort of in the thousand plus range from Roomba they're producing for in the $400 type range. Hmm. So, um, and you know, like on, on a head to head comparison, it's amazing how these guys do these YouTube channels and like test it. Like they will, they will put, they will get a specific weight of sand, put it in the carpet, send the robot over there then take out the <laughs> take out we'll the see how much it got measure exactly how much sand and give you okay it, this gets 90, 95% of the sand and they'll do it with like cheerios and like gummy bears and just like scatter all this stuff over the apartment and see what it does it's really interesting <laughs> i bet they love their job oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah so the one that i'm the one that i'm getting is basically the very newest model from um Robo, Robo Rock. It's called the S4 Max, and hmm. um, it's it's just basically. I think it's just the best. It's exact right intersection of price and feature. Hmm. I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how it's so cheap. Uh, well, it's not cheap. It's four hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Four twenty-nine. Yeah. Huh. Well, but it's less I, than a good Dyson. I am uh, I am not spending anything for a while, just since I I didn't calculate my finances very well. Yeah, in two ways actually. Like one was just the variance of of my income, and then two is the exchange rates. Oh, that's it was it was about thirty three to one for me six months ago. Now yeah. it's like twenty eight and a half to one. Oh, so it, it's like I'm I'm charging the same thing to all of my customers in U.S. dollars, but that's that's worth considerably less for me than it was six months Wait, ago. Wait, so you used to get 33 and now you only get 28? Yes. Huh. That is a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. This this is like um, similar exchange. I think this is like the strongest Taiwan dollar I've ever seen. That's not what you want. You need to be 
I, mean, I, I, so I, want, so I mean, I mean, I, I, I want it in that it represents there's no pandemic here. Yeah. And hasn't really been, I, I think like um, sub 500 infections ever and like seven deaths or something. But uh, so I, I like that I can go out and everything's convenient and all that, but I don't like that uh, I'm going out and spending money that I earned abroad. That's not worth much here. So, so is, is no one wearing masks there? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, people were some people are wearing masks anyway like before there was they already were yeah that's just not everybody but just like if people who have a cold often do um some older people asian cultures you know people wearing masks in the past i mean i remember it for as long as i can remember yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where it's 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 definitely not rare but most people don't wear one most of the time Um, And like even riding the subway, most people don't most of the time, but that's the one thing here where we, we do have to wear a mask on the subway itself. Now. It's funny. I used to find that an uncomfortable idea when I, you know, in, in the past before this pandemic, when I saw someone walking around wearing a mask, but now I understand it. It makes sense. It makes sense under certain circumstances. Cause before maybe you thought like they were going to mug you or something. No, they were just like, just sort of walking around with a mask and it's just like well you know why do that but now i get it you know yeah well they they used to be much more common here like 20 years ago yeah because like the first time i visited as a teenager um they didn't have all the the mass transit built out that they have now so most people were where we're driving scooters all the time like no right. one's taking a subway yeah and as a result uh, there was more air pollution and a lot of people would just like wear a mask when they're outside, especially like if they're on a scooter, they'd wear a mask. Yeah. So there, there was that, but it's not like, you know, it's, it's not very different now from how it was a year ago or two years ago. So um, what are your goals? Okay. My goal is what my goal? official goal is yeah. still record four videos, but my unofficial goal is live stream every day and, Every day that I'm not working on Phoenix Igniter, I'm extracting a tutorial from the live stream. When I am working on it, I'm extracting code from the live stream that I'm going to use for Phoenix Igniter. So basically something every day that uh, uh, hopefully brings in more money. Yeah. So it's a one-week goal. Um, I guess my goal is to understand what the game mechanic is going to be like to to work oh it out you know so <laughs> so like just because there's a there's the open world and now i just need to work out what the how, how the rounds thing is going to work do you need that before launching well yeah because otherwise it's like you said it's just meandering like you yeah. it, it you can't just have a meandering open map it needs to it needs to have a reason yeah all right well Good luck with it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, talk to you next week then. Ciao. Over and out. Later.